What's good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation Instant Reaction Podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrera here with you for the next 45 minutes, hour or so, after yet another disappointing 49ers loss. They fall this time at home to the Arizona Cardinals, 31-17. to There is a ton to get to. There is a ton to break down. There are a lot of people to yell at, and don't worry, I will be doing plenty of that. I want to remind you before we get started, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Instant Reaction Podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Uh, We are grateful for all of you. ton of people have been leaving ratings and reviews. We always appreciate it. If you're already following, that's awesome. Take 30 seconds and leave us a rating and a review. It really does help us. Okay. I mean, I don't know where to start in this one. I have, I don't know where to start. The 49ers come into this game, everything in the world to play for. Everything in the world to play for. Cardinals have no Kyler Murray. Cardinals have no DeAndre Hopkins. Cardinals have no J.J. Watt. Cardinals have no, no A.J. Brown. Uh, A.J. Brown. A.J. Green, excuse me. And the Cardinals have no freaking problem with the San Francisco 49ers on the road. And by the way, I'm just telling you now, I usually try not to swear in these things. Get the kids out of the room. There will be swears tonight because I'm just too embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. It was an embarrassing loss. Again, another embarrassing loss at home. How many times does this team have to be absolutely embarrassed? I'm tired of it, man. It's just... Yes, thank you. Cornelius watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. Trash, trash, trash. And that's what this team has been for two straight years, since 2019. And to be honest, since Kyle Shanahan became the head coach, they've been trash every year except 2019. Trash, trash. I'm tired, man. As I welcome in Levin Black, I see you drinking. You got the beer out. Is that your first one? It's probably should be about like two or three after this pathetic display. Nah, full disclosure, I don't really drink in front of my kid. I grew up in a non-alcoholic family, so. Uh, All right, well, that, I just, that's just. I just, I just try not to drink in front of my kids, so I just got away from my kids. She's about to go down for the night with my wife, and so I'm popping the beer because I... uh, F this crap. <laughs> I just want to, I just said. I'm going to try and do my best, but there's going to be swears tonight. And I just want to put this in perspective. This is eight straight home losses for the 49ers. 11 of 12 losses at Levi's Stadium. The last home win was 24 to 16 in October of 2020 against the Rams, who, by the way, are coming in next week, are 7-1, and one, and are going to kick the shit out of the 49ers next week. I'm tired of it, Levin, man. I'm just tired of being embarrassed all the time with this team and Kyle Shanahan. And, and, and I'm tired of hearing about, well, Jimmy Garoppolo played well. There was just turnovers. Our D- D'Amico Ryans is okay, but, well, the guys on the back end are street-free. I'm tired of that. I mean, I'm tired of waiting for this mythical time when everything is going to be okay and the stars are going to align and then we can judge Kyle Shanahan and then we can judge Jimmy Garoppolo and then we can judge D'Amico Ryan. No, it is a pass-fail business and this regime has failed again and again and again. My big takeaway from this game is really that the personnel decisions 
need to be taken out of the hands of everybody that's been involved. You don't just get rid of John Lynch and promote Adam Peters. Sorry, Adam Peters is part of the scouting. I mean, he's the main part of the scouting. So apparently he's not very good at that either. The Niners need to tell Kyle Shanahan he is going to just coach. He doesn't get final say in jack squat when it comes to the players, other than who starts and who doesn't. And they need to get – we're at the point I think you need to get rid of John Lynch. You need to bring in a GM who has a history of making personnel decisions and give him full control over the draft and the free agents and how this team is constructed because Kyle Shanahan, who we believe has final say, is completely garbage at it. That, there's, there's no arguing that anymore. He is not good at picking players, and that has led – to a team that cannot win games. And that's all there is to it. There's no question about whether or not Kyle is good at picking players. And it's really odd, if we're being honest, that somebody like Kyle Shanahan isn't capable of picking the right players for his team. But it's clear he can't. He has had plenty of chances. And whether it's Joe Williams or Trey Sermon for this offense that is supposed to be running back generated, he can't pick a running back to save his life. (laughs) The running backs that he does well with, are the ones that come off as undrafted free agents. The ones that he tries to draft are terrible. That tells you he can't evaluate what works in his system for a running back. To me, it seems like with the Joe Williams pick and the Trey Sermon pick, he finds a running back that has power that he thinks is athletic enough to then learn how to run the outside zone scheme rather than finding somebody who's good at the outside zone scheme. You know what I mean? Like he thinks he can teach, which that's the one thing he can't do. He needs to take that away. Kyle's not going to be fired as a coach that we know that because of his contract and everything, he's not going to be fired. But if you want a path forward that might possibly work, it's getting somebody to make the personnel decisions to come in. John Lynch is not that type of guy. I have told you, I think John Lynch is perfect for what the setup has been, which is Kyle gets final say. He is very good at building relationships with other teams. The trades that the Niners have had have largely, I think been due to, People, other teams' ability to call up John Lynch and get a straight answer, his relationships. The problem is, is that that didn't work because Kyle can't make the personnel decisions. So we're at the point that we need somebody that can, and that's not John Lynch. I feel bad for Lynch, honestly, because I don't think a lot of this I is his fault. I don't feel bad for anybody. Just, no, I, I don't, no way, man. That's I don't think I this is necessarily hear. his fault. It's He's all just, their fault. The setup that the Niners brought in, the setup that Jed chose, which at the time he chose it, I am perfectly fine. Like, in retrospect, yeah, it hasn't worked out. But bringing in Kyle Shanahan, giving him full control, and bringing in John Lynch to be his GM was a good choice in 2017. It hasn't worked out. Now the situation needs to be more of a traditional situation where you have a coach and you have a clear-cut GM who has a history in scouting and knows how to do drafts, and that's not John Lynch. So John Lynch needs to go away, and Kyle needs to have his power restricted. And by the way, you mentioned the whole home record. That, to me, screams that an owner needs to come forward and put himself in front of the camera and take some onus on this and apologize to the fans. Because the problem is is the fans are going to these games still. And at this point, I'm sorry, I would recommend fans stop spending your money because money is hard to come by except for NFL franchises. So the only way you can make your voice heard to a franchise is in the pocketbook. If you stop showing up to games – 
Jed York will get the message. And I think Jed York needs to come forward this week and hold a press conference and apologize <laughs> for the crap fests that have been going on at home because it's inexcusable. Let's just stick to this game before we get bigger picture. How do you come into a game? How do you come into a game where the other team is starting Colt goddamn McCoy? Okay. And you never make him feel uncomfortable for a single second in this game. He never, ever had to play from behind for a single second. Did he even face a single third and long? Oh, yeah, that's right. It was third and 18. And guess what? They They converted it. it. I mean, you didn't make Colt McCoy uncomfortable at all. You didn't make the Cardinals have to do anything creative. All they were doing is running the ball with James Conner and screen passes. And that was it. And it was working every single time. Yeah, my problem is they never adjusted. The Niners never adjusted. It was clear that Arizona came out and said, look, we're going to get the ball out of McCoy's hand. Because early in the game, the pressure was getting there, but they had screen passes called. Like, they knew it was coming. They were going to let it come. I think the Niners were getting some penetration. It's just Arizona had a scheme that was all about getting the ball out really quickly. And the Niners never adjusted because it's just really stupid scheme-wise, and this is on D'Amico this game, it's really stupid to call blitzes against a team that is throwing screen passes <laughs> left and right and throwing, you know, super short. Basically, the receiver takes one step, turns around, and wants the ball. And the reason they were able to succeed in that is that they called so many screens, which is how you beat a blitz, and the Niners were playing off coverage and never adjusted to the fact that Arizona was just going to hike the ball, throw it for two yards, and let their receiver run after the catch. And that, that I think it was the last third down Arizona faced, or at least, well, the last third down of a meaningful drive for Arizona, I should say. It was third and three, and they converted. You know how they converted? They threw it to Rondale Moore two yards from the line of scrimmage <laughs> because uh, Tavon Wilson was playing 12 yards off coverage. It's third and three. The fact yeah. that that's even what the coverage was, is one Wilson should know better. I don't care what the defense is called. Get the hell up on that receiver because you can't just give him the free first down. And the fact that D'Amico never adjusted because they were playing that off coverage all yeah, they game because they're scared. It's just they're coaching. scared because their exactly. crap corners can't cover anybody and they're worried about getting beat deep. It's it's they were worried about getting beat deep because the, the the starting safeties were gone and the second string. I don't uh, care for for uh, Wilson. That's why Wilson was in. He's not the second string, you know? And so D'Amico played coach scared. He did. And I have said time and time again, because Kyle coach is scared. And that's our big problem. Sometimes with him, you can't coach scared in the NFL. Your players have to be put in a position to at least have a chance to succeed. And I don't think the Niners did that defensively in this game. The game plan from the start was a losing game plan that the players had no chance. And then they also executed horrendously they tackled horrendously <laughs> i tweeted out i literally i can't remember a specific instance i'm sure some of those in the mid 2000s range when the niners were just horrendous but i i cannot remember a game that the linebackers played worse because the niners even in their bad years always had pretty good linebackers yeah. you know even going back to like jeff olbrick was a pretty good linebacker and now he's a pretty good coach in the nfl is kind of rising in the ranks so even in the mid-2000s bad teams, they had pretty good linebackers. It was like the only bright spot for 10-plus years for the Niners. I literally can't remember a game where the linebackers had a worse game because they were constantly out of position. They missed tackles left and right, and they missed opportunities. You know, 
uh, Fred Warner had hit both hands oh on a fumble God, with nobody touching him, and he doesn't come hell? up with it. Yeah, it, it's just a horrendous game from the linebackers, from the secondary, both the corners and the safeties, and the defensive line. They didn't have a great game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not giving them an excuse, but I don't think they ever had a chance to make a large impact because of the game plan Arizona had and the fact that they were finding success because D'Amico never changed the coverage. Yeah. You know what I mean? The defense was never going to go in and get a whole bunch of sacks and be destroying Colt McCoy because they were getting rid of the ball in one to two seconds. I'm just so frustrated. Sean, watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page, we're going to try and get as many of your comments in here as we can. Niners are amateur hour bushly getting out coached every week. Yeah, they kind of are. Cliff Kingsbury came into your house with nobody on his team and ate your lunch, Kyle right. Shanahan. Like it is, I have to eat every bad thing I've ever said about Cliff Kingsbury. And I have he crushed been, him. Yeah. He yeah. has been light years better than Kyle Shanahan this year. His career record is light years better than Kyle Shanahan. And like, I don't want the excuse that he had a quarterback or injury. I'm tired of that, man. The Ravens lead the league in guys on IR. They, they win all the time. They won again this week. They were down by 14 points twice in the game against Minnesota. They come back and win in overtime. They even threw a pick in overtime and they still won. I'm tired of the excuses. Oh, even today with the 49ers offense. Oh, well, Jimmy played okay, but they had two turnovers. I don't care, man. Again, this is what? The fourth game this season where they went into halftime with seven points or fewer. Four times this season in eight games. Half the time? Like, I am tired of the excuses. I, I just don't have any more tolerance for it. My patience has been used up. And I just, I can't watch the same thing every week again, Levin. Three more turnovers again today. Minus nine on the year. 30th in the league. They were minus 36, I believe, coming into this season with Kyle Shanahan. It's the same shit every single week. It is. And now let me say this. And before you react, just let me finish. Because I think it should be said. Because I, I don't want to get the pushback that I know will come. Did Jimmy have a terrible game? No. Did Jimmy have a decent game? Yeah, he played pretty well. He played the best. I think he played the best of any player, in my opinion, on the field. Um, but the fact is, it still shows he's not a difference maker. Did other players fail, especially early in the game? You know, the Kittle fumble, the Ayuk fumble, uh, the drops by Debo early on. Were they failing? Yes, they weren't doing well. But Jimmy wasn't the difference maker. You know, the, the great quarterbacks are able to make up for those faults. You know, they still get points on the board. You know, you might have a fumble this play, but then I'm going to score two touchdowns on the next two drives, and you'll forget all about that fumble and that mistake by that player. That's what the good and great quarterbacks do in the league. Jimmy isn't that. He did not have a bad game, but he wasn't a difference maker, and that's the entire problem is he's not a difference maker. And when you have a quarterback who's not a difference maker, it's time to move on. And the Niners made those steps to move on. They brought in a guy that they could move on to, and then they re refused to move on. Jimmy's not a difference maker, and it's clear that this team is not good enough this year to get by without a difference maker at quarterback. Now, it's probably not good enough to get by even with a difference maker at quarterback because the team is just bad, both from coaching and the players. I mean, the players aren't executing. You know, we, we have ranted a lot about the coaching, and the coaching has been bad. But let's just be honest about it. The players, even with the bad coaching, have not executed well either. Like, this is yeah, not – it's been both. This has been a double whammy is what I would call it. Bad coaching and bad execution by players. 
that leads to what you get in this game where it's just a complete embarrassment for everybody. Jared Hyde watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. I've never been so embarrassed by a 49ers team because we had the talent to beat them bad. That's another thing I'm tired of hearing. And Jared, I appreciate the comment. I don't mean to jump on you specifically. I've heard many people say this. You're just the latest one, so I threw you up there. We don't have the talent. I'm tired of hearing about how talented this 49ers team. And we, if they're so talented, how come they lose so goddamn often? Like, come on. Well, talented teams win. They're not be, that talented. That's the, that's the deep, dark secret about among 49er fans. We're not that good. We're not that talented. To be fair, what he wrote there is correct. We had the talent. <laughs> the problem is that talent has gone away. Like, this team is mostly uh, a veteran team. It's one of the older rosters in the league. A lot of these players were here in 2019. The problem is a lot of the players have regressed. They've either aged to the point that they've started to regress or they've just regressed in the middle of their prime, which you can't put 100% on coaching. Although I have said here before, and I still will say it again, that when so many players regress, especially players in their prime regressing, you got to start looking at the coaches as well, because so many of them regressing leads me to believe that the coach isn't sending the right message. But at the at the end of the day, they're professionals. They should still execute. So I think it's a double whammy, as I said. It's a It's been a complete failure by the coaching staff this year, and it's been a complete failure by the players this year. And if you want to go back, it was a complete failure by the front office with the offseason that they had. Every mm -hmm. single part of this team has failed. The front office, the coaching, and the players. What are you reading my tweets? I tweeted that out just before we came on. If you go back and look at it, Every single personnel the 49ers decision have made for this season has been wrong, has turned out right. wrong, starting with paying Robbie Gold, right? It's a disaster that they owe him all this money and it's totally guaranteed. Stick with Jimmy Garoppolo, wrong thing to do. Sign Ibukum, wrong thing to do. Resign Jason Verrett and Jaquiski Tart, wrong. Drafting Aaron Banks, wrong because apparently he's not good enough to even be active so i'm putting that in the wrong column trading up for trey sermon wrong the only one we don't know about yet is lance every single thing the 49ers have done this offseason is wrong and this is the state of the team this is the state right. that they're in they get a turnover they can't overcome it right backup right. quarterback happens to make a good play up oh, the whole defense falls apart like Oh my God. It's <laughs> happening every week. It's the same movie. It's like Groundhog. I watched it a movie is. last night called Palm Springs and it's about a couple that gets caught in a time loop. That's what I feel like I am right now. I'm stuck in this loop where the 49ers just keep turning the ball over, not generating turnovers themselves and only scoring seven points in the first half. It never changes. So a couple things to jump on there. First off, there are certain people, including some on our own network here for our podcast network, that say, well, the Aaron Banks and uh, Amber Thomas draft picks were for next year. They knew it would take them a year to get going and be ready. Well, there's two responses to that. One, this is the NFL. It's not college football where you right. bring in a guy and you work on him and you develop him. People need to play right away. Two, that's still a huge miscalculation because I don't care if they end up being pretty good next year. The right. problem is this front office clearly thought, hey, we got everything we need this year. <laughs> no, so we don't. can draft for next year and, you know, we'll look like geniuses later on. Well, that's not the team. And there's really no team that should ever draft under that. I don't agree with that draft philosophy 
ever for any team because the NFL is now players drop like flies. There's so many injuries Yep, and players fall off. Like there are players that go from really good to ghosts of themselves due to the injuries and the bang, all the hits that they take that you can't say, well, th- we can't count on this guy next year as a second round pick or this year as a second round pick, but we can next year. That's just a bad strategy from the start. So I don't want to hear it, including from the people on this network that have thrown it out there and have actually responded some of our because we've posted you know that those two picks were just terrible and some of them have responded saying well they're for next year i don't care but the other the other thing i have that i i really struggle with is why won't kyle utilize some of these people like what is there to lose at this point brunskill got his butt whooped and has been getting his butt whooped why not try somebody else there? Why do you keep playing right. the same story knowing how it ends? You know it's going to be really bad and there's going to be sacks that come from that spot. Why not try somebody else there? How it, many times have we seen in the NFL where there's a player that can't play, has not been getting any opportunity, suddenly an injury happens, that yes. player goes in, gets an opportunity, and suddenly he ends up being you know, a starter level or, or a star sometimes. That happens all the time. Like. Even great coaches have had that happen to them. Even great coaches have had somebody that's a backup that they don't think is any good, don't want to count on, and then suddenly an injury forces that person in, and then they end up being a Pro Bowl player for him. I mean, we can go all the way back to Tom Brady on that. Tom Brady wasn't playing until Drew Bledsoe got hurt. You know, the, the greatest player of all time wasn't playing until Drew Bledsoe got hurt. Like, why not give somebody else a chance? So I'm just trying to keep an eye on some of the post-game comments that have come in here. By the way, I totally agree with everything you said. I mean, it's asinine that they keep doing what they're doing and running these same people out that we know are bad. Uh, So the Cardinals put up 437 total yards of offense in the game without Kyler Murray, without DeAndre Hopkins, without A.J. Green, no J.J. Watt on defense. Kyle Shanahan got asked afterwards if D'Amico Ryans has his full support. He said, yes, of course. But he also said, well, we made it pretty easy on them. It's like, well, dude, you're the head coach. You're the head coach. Fix it. You can go up to D'Amico Ryans at any time and tell him exactly what you want changed, and he has to do it. And if he doesn't do it, you fire his ass. Like, why does Kyle Shanahan always act like things happen to him and not Mm -hmm. because of him? Dude, Kyle, you are not powerless. You have all the power in this situation. And you never seem to freaking use it, man. Like, or if you do use it, you use it incorrectly. It is unbelievable to me that this, that this could be occurring. And that Kyle just like, he doesn't seem to get it. He just doesn't seem right. to get it. And, and as good as the offense looks, and even at times in this game, Levin, the offense looked good. They were going down the field, picking up chunk yardage. It's so few and far between that I'm past that now. You know, and I don't know if, do you, are you a golfer? Yeah, I've golfed plenty. Anybody that golfs with any regularity knows you could stink up the course for five hours. You could be terrible, hitting nothing. And then on one hole, especially if it's the last hole, you hit that one shot, right? Where all of a sudden your slice is gone. You get your hips cleared through. Boom. You don't even feel it come off the club face. It soars majestically through the air, 300 yards down the fairway. And you're like, God, I can't wait to come back next week and play. (laughs) That's how I have felt about the 49ers. But now those shots are too few and far between. I'm just keeping the clubs in the garage. Like that's where I am now. I'm not afraid 
to lose what I think could be a great a coordinator, a coach in Kyle Shanahan. Like, I'm not afraid of it anymore. Like, just go. The punt, Levin. 31-14. Uh. 13 minutes to go in the game. It's fourth down. I don't even know what the distance was because it fourth doesn't 13. flip and matter. And they punt. They yeah. punt the ball. Then he's eight. play like I tweeted. He's playing the field possession or position game <laughs> down three scores in the fourth quarter. Right. You don't play field position at that point. Like, how does he not get that? That like forget anything else. Like he knows more football than me, of course, by miles and miles, and he always will, right? And if he got me in a room, I'm sure he could like talk circles or whatever. It's 31-14. How are you punting? How does way, that give you a better chance to win? It's 31-14 because he didn't go for two to try to make it a two-possession game. Yeah, I agree with that. But, like, I'm not going to quibble over Kyle Shanahan's coaching points when you're down 31 Well, it, that's essentially – that's similar to a fourth-down decision. Whether yeah, to go but, for it is similar to a fourth – it's the same thought process. But, like, what are you worried about? So you don't get the fourth down. So what? You're down three – freaking scores right and they still they still got to get 20 30 yards to be in field goal position so all you're doing is playing field position that's not the time to do it anymore but you know (laughs) i had this thought during the game all the way into the like in the first half early on and you've hinted at it but i'm I'm putting it a little bit different way when is the last time we've had a niners game that it goes on and from start to finish, you just got a smile on your face because everything went well. Like the Cardinals game today for like Arizona. Yeah, for, exactly for Arizona. Yeah, they had a smile on their face the whole time. Like Detroit was close to that, but then they completely lost it uh, towards the end and made you start sweating towards the end. Then you might lose. I literally think it is the NFC championship game. No, it's the in New England game last year when they went. Nah, that is right. Yeah, they yeah. Whooped. That's the, before the Chicago so game. One, that was- one game in. What out of thirty? Yep. Or so. I'm I'm just throwing thirty out there. I didn't calculate it in my head. Just in about thirty games, they've had one game that you've been able to just sit there and smile and not have to sweat or be pissed. Like this game, I was pissed from start to finish. Peter Burge watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page says Grant Cohn asked Kyle if he'd consider playing Trey Lance the rest of the season. Kyle said, I'm not thinking about that right now. That's at least a good that's a good out answer from Kyle Shannon. But yeah, he absolutely true. should. He absolutely should. Enough. His answer it. should be, we'll look at it and decide that prior to this week. And I don't want to hear from anybody that talks about how Jimmy Garoppolo was good today because Jimmy Garoppolo threw for, you know, 326 yards. Like, they scored 17 points. And, yeah, there were some turnovers. And guess what? That happens. Just because you commit a turnover doesn't mean you're off the hook for scoring any points the rest of the day. What they do on the other possessions? They didn't score. Yeah. So, like – no, enough with this, man. Like I, I said, he didn't play bad. He had a pretty decent game. The problem is he wasn't a difference maker. And it is clear if this team has a chance of winning, they need a difference maker, a quarterback. So you might as well go to Trey Lance. I'm trying to keep uh, scrolling here as I look through the comments from Kyle Shanahan. Like, Shanahan didn't offer any specifics on the knee injury that sidelined McGlinchey. McGlinchey, you know what? Like he'd only given up two sacks all year. I think Tom Compton gave up two sacks in this game. <laughs> like, yeah. but but people, why was is, Compton in? This is the example, right? So people are saying, see, all you people that hate McGlinchey, this is the alternative. No, it's not. No, it's not. You drafted a guy for this exact scenario who did pretty darn well in place of Trent Williams two weeks yes, ago. That's true. And and nope, I don't know about it. 
Word of the it, day was from Kyle it, Shanahan was disappointing. He said it double digits. Yeah, dude, you, you are disappointed. And speaking uh, of disappointing, everybody was it, disappointing. But we're supposed to talk to Kyle Yuschek this week. <laughs> let's see. First of all, let's see if that interview still happens. Second of all, if Kyle thinks that that's going to be a fun interview, he's wrong. It's going to be quick because I'm not going to be nice to Kyle Yuschek. No, I'm not going to. I mean, we're not going to be. Yeah, we're not going to be vengeful or purposely trying but to. But I'm going to ask him or get. You know, we're not going to be trying to. Ooh, let's get him in trouble with Kyle and get him to say something controversial or, or something like that. You know, we're going to ask him the questions that should be asked. Kyle, Shanahan. if it happens, Kyle Shanahan was caught off guard by the way the team played today. He shouldn't have been. They play this way every friggin' week. Right. Like this what's was to be even caught worse. Off guard about? This is easily the worst game in the Kyle Shanahan era, from Ooh. all points. It's you, easily the worst. You have a Atlanta question. a couple of years ago, but that was just a letdown game. You know what I mean? Like that was the players not executing. This was coaching players, not executing players, fumbling. Um, the defense was horrendously coached and was missing tackles. Like there was Everything. no part of this game that was good. This is the most embarrassing performance of the Kyle Shanahan era. I and agree. I, I don't you think did. it's particularly close either. You get spanked by a division rival at home and then you have everything right. in the world to play for and they have nothing to lose this game. I mean, yeah, it would affect seeding. I guess they want the number one seed, but like their season's going to be fine for them. Like, let me put it this way. I, I had this thought at the end of the game. This is the first time in the Kyle Shanahan era that I have been embarrassed to be a 49ers fan. Like this is the first time in the Kyle Shanahan era that tomorrow, if somebody brings up the 49ers to me, because, you know, I, I don't not wear Niners stuff. You know what I mean? I'm not the type that, oh, time to switch to the NBA now. Or something <laughs> like that. You know, no, I'm, I don't do that. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm not a fa fair weather or whatever you want to call it. But if somebody's like, ooh, what happened to the Niners? I'm going to be like, I, I got PTSD today. Like, leave me alone. I don't want to talk about it. I'm embarrassed. Just leave me alone. Don't bring it up. Don't want to talk about it. You know, in 2017, 2018, it was... You know, I, I would talk about it. Oh, well, Jimmy got hurt. You know, I think there's a lot of promise there. 2017, you know, yeah, they're in a rebuild. You know, last year there were injuries. This, this, after this game, I don't want to talk about the 49ers to the random person who brings it up in public, coworkers, whatever. I don't want to talk about the Niners. I am embarrassed right now and just don't want to deal with it. Johnny Muzzy watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page says it's the worst loss of the Shanahan era because of how many important starters were missing. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's it's. Were they not missing last year? No, I think he means missing for Arizona. Oh, I mean, you oh, beat oh, this oh. team yeah. with C.J. Beathard last year. You beat him at home. Like the 49ers were better last year, Levitt. Would mm -hmm. you agree? Mm -hmm. They were better last year. So now we're talking about they're getting worse, and that's exactly what you don't yeah. want to see from a head coach and GM and a regime. Your team is getting worse. Think about, and I know we're jumping ahead, but just really quick, like think about after this season. You're going to need two new starting safeties, probably at least one for sure. You're going to need a whole new secondary, all your corners. Like you got to get rid of everybody. You got to re this is a rebuild. Well, good thing that they drafted Thomas. Cause he'll be ready next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe by then Diamador Lenore can get on the field. Although I don't know if he uh. was, he still dealing with the birth of his child. I don't know if that's why he was inactive today. Yeah. I don't know, but he's been inactive in the past. So yeah, it's if he hard, was for that, hard to I'm get not going to get on him at all. Right. But right. if he wasn't and he was just inactive, then Kyle Shanahan's a dope and he should have been active. Um, yeah, like, like it is truly like 
I use mind boggling a lot, but it truly is like, I can't make sense of it. There is no way for me to look at that situation and go, "Ah, okay, I can kind of see the reasoning that uh, Lenore could play so well in weeks one and two. Right. And then go to complete no use. Urgency. They said lack of urgency. Yeah. Complete inactive. Yeah. Every single young player has a lack of urgency. If you ask Kyle, like I'm at the point that Kyle just doesn't know how to coach young players. And I brought that up Could last be. week that he's just one of those old fashioned coaches that rookies deserve no credibility. They can't do anything right. They can't be trusted. They don't work hard enough. They got to earn their place. Uh, no, if you drafted that many rookies that aren't working hard enough or young players, first or second year players, if you want to throw Ayuk in there, if you're drafting that many players that just don't work hard enough, then you're not drafting well. And it's on you still. Right. That's on your that's, that's whole department. Pro- like, that's the whole theme for me this year. You know, people are like, how can you blame Kyle when the players aren't doing well? When it's so many players not doing well, and that coach has personnel decision, gets that gets that power, it falls back on the coach. When that many players aren't doing well, it ultimately comes back at the team for putting or grabbing or signing so many players that play like that. Like, it still falls back on Kyle. doesn't mean that the players get a pass. Yep. The players are still professionals. But it means Kyle still deserves a lot of the blame because he's the one that chose those players. That's what I've been saying. Like, these things are not happening to Kyle Shanahan. He is part of the reason that they are happening. And it's right. it's like, I don't know if he just doesn't want to admit it because he just thinks we don't notice. But like, dude, this just in, like, we notice. Your team has been trash, trash. And it the frustrating thing is it doesn't seem like they're doing anything to fix it. That's the frustrating thing. How many they're, times they're not become- even admitting the problem. They're still in the denial step step, you know, the 10 step program. They're still denying there's a problem. I'm trying to look. I think Arizona punted once, twice, three, four times today. They okay, did that's punt a little a few times, yeah. That's a little more than I thought. Because Ayuk had that big return. Yeah. Ayuk played great today. Yeah, I he, he had the fumble. Great. He had the fumble. But he won a bunch of contested passes. You know, that touchdown was really good. He made a lot of catches that, honestly, nobody else on this team has been making this year. You know, getting hit. You know, he got injured on that one play, and he still caught the damn ball. I think he I think he took a, a groin shot on that play. There was a shot I'm of him on sure. the sidelines where he I, was. Right. I thought that, too. But then the next time he got in, he got, uh, I think it was a, a catch, or maybe it was a punt return. I can't remember. The next time he touched, it was a punt return, I think. When he touched the ball the next time, he got up and was wimissing still. Like, he was still clearly bothered wimissing? by something. Don't come at me today. Wincing? Don't, wincing. Either don't, one of those don't words. Come at me. What you said was not wonderful. <laughs> don't come at me today. Um, but I, I wonder if he has a rib injury, is what I was thinking. Because he got hit right in the midsection. I wonder be. if he has a, a little bit of a rib injury. And he was okay. just playing through it. Ernest said watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page, fumble took points off the board. It's it is a big deal. Yeah, I know it's a big deal, but the one play doesn't invalidate the rest of everything he did the rest of the day. It's amazing. You know, I caught this. I don't know if you caught this. During the broadcast, they said that Kyle Shanahan told them that Ayuk is the engine that makes the 49ers offense go. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. He told them he's the engine that that makes them go. And that everything starts with Ayuk. And I'm sitting there like, well, that is. Then why did you ignore him for half yeah. a season? Like, that's what I mean about like, they just. He, he's talking stuff. about his scheme in general because it's always been that that role in the offense 
is the engine that makes the offense work. And he said that going back to Pierre Garçon. That's why Pierre Garçon was the first big signing that they made because he knew that role in the offense is what opens up everything else. I I just feel like Kyle, like the 49ers, Kyle Shannon, they just say stuff. They just say stuff in the moment. And then it's like, they don't realize that we write it down and that we've been paying attention all along. Like you can't just say something to answer a question in the moment and then act like you've never said it before. Like we keep track of this stuff. These games right. are on TV. These press conferences are recorded. A lot of times teams, especially after a few years, will start to become a reflection of their coach. You know, whatever their head coach's demeanor is, that's kind of how, how they're going to be. You know, the, the whole uh, Patriot way is Bill Belichick's attitude. Um, and here's some of the thoughts that have been creeping in my head in terms of that. Kyle, we've talked, he never takes blame for anything. He always deflects everything. And he, he can't fess up to what he's done. And I think we're seeing that more and more from the players. We've seen that in the past with some players. I mean, McGlinchey's quote that we've ragged on for a couple of years now. Oh, I think I play a great game except for a few plays a game. Well, then you don't play a good game. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. Two really bad snaps in a game at your position is a bad game. Um, but I think we're seeing that now. We're seeing that in a large way. Instead of just a couple players here and there, we're seeing, by and large, the whole roster is kind of having this lack of accountability. And I think that falls back to Kyle's attitude where he never takes blame for anything. He always deflects. He always comes up with an excuse and can never just say, hey, I didn't do it well or I made a bad decision or whatever. And yeah. I mean, that that's something that I think is understated at times by fans that the coach, the way the coach uh, uh, approaches things, his demeanor, his attitude towards mistakes, towards successes, a lot of times becomes because the, the players are going to do whatever they're allowed to do. And they're going to try to emulate their coach because who are they trying to please? Who decides how much they play, how much they don't play? The coach. So they end up emulating the coach. And the longer a coach is there, the more prevalent that becomes in a team, in my opinion. And I think we've hit the point where Kyle needs to start taking some damn accountability so that the team can follow. So I mentioned Ayuk and how he played well. And I threw up the banner real quick on the on the pod on YouTube saying like, hey, who impressed you today? Thinking like we would switch to positive because there were, you know, maybe a couple <laughs> good of good performances. Nobody <laughs> commented. With a single, there are no positive comments. It's all, okay, here's one. Hey, hey, hey. I think Mitch Wisnowski had almost every, it might have been every punt, down inside the 20. Julian Tandy, <laughs> only players who impressed were Mitchell on O and yeah, Hufanga on D. Elijah Mitchell continues to look really, really good. Hufanga, mm, yeah, he does tackle like a like a friggin' demon, though. I'd have right. to say that. But um, I'm... It is. 49ers fans want to fire everybody. You should see the comments. It's unbelievable. So instead of who played well, because there's no chance of having that as a real segment, how about who do you want to not see on this roster next week? Because there's multiple I don't want to see on the roster. On the roster next week. (laughs) All right, who are we firing? Uh, Well, start with Josh Norman. Get him off the team. That penalty where he then is fighting teammates, you need to make an example out of that player. He is not a player, a part of the future. He had his contract does not matter. He has played horribly and he's making stupid mental mistakes like that, that he needs to be made an example of. And that's, Hideous. you might not even phrase it as make an example out of him because he doesn't belong on the team. Anyways, he brings nothing. He's not, a, not a positive in any way. And then the fact that he reacted that way to his teammates who were trying to help him get him the hell off this team. Drake yeah. Kirkpatrick, 
get him off the team, yep. find somebody else. Because anybody, Gar- he's terrible in coverage and he's terrible at tacking, tackling. Well, that's really bad. If you're going to give up receptions, <laughs> you better make the tackle. And he doesn't. Like, I would rather bring in anybody off the street and see how they can do it because at their worst, they're going to be as bad as Kirkpatrick was once he went in for Josh Norman. Those two players should not be on this roster in any way, shape, or form next week. How about this? Grant Cohen asked Kyle Shanahan, why should fans feel optimistic about the direction of this franchise? Which, by the way, is a totally legitimate question to Mm -hmm. ask. Kyle Shanahan said, to make a big statement like that, that's unnecessary. Like, yes, it is, Kyle. Yes, it is. There's no urgency with Kyle Shanahan ever with this whole team, except for George Kittle. And I highlighted this in 49ers and five this week. They asked Jimmy Garoppolo, hey, you know, you got the the Cardinals and the Rams coming up. Two really big games for you, right? And he said, yeah, well, every game is big. So, yeah, they're big. But that's it. There's never any urgency with this team. Only George Kittle, who was asked about it when he came back finally. And he said, yeah, they're big. They're going to shape the rest of the season. He's the only one. Everybody else just thinks the 49ers can just flip this mythical switch and travel back in time and be back in 2019 again. Like, there's no no urgency. urgency. And no uh, accountability are really bad combos. And that's what this team has running rampant right now. Now, I will say Norman was benched for the rest of the game after that, uh, but he should be cut immediately. Josh Norman told Kyle Shanahan that Cardinals coaches were talking to him and he got headbutted by an I don't care, dude. I don't care. That's no excuse. You're a veteran. Keep your frigging composure. And Kingsbury gets that 15-yard penalty. The 49ers are going to be – it's going to be great. How the hell – how the hell was that enforced? Because I still don't understand it. Yeah. So Kingsbury team... did something first. Yeah. Drew the personal foul. Yet Norman's personal foul was enforced first, and that's why they got the first down. How? I, I, I didn't really. They that is one hundred percent a mistake. Because I think what happened was the flag was thrown for Norman first, and then they decided, well, we got to penalize Kingsbury too for what he did. I and don't so, think so. No. That, that's how I saw it, but they didn't really replay it enough from. Like they didn't really show the for the Kingsbury part enough to see was he flagged right away? Yes, or... because he was out on the field. He came out like mm. he was like almost at one of the hashes. Like he came out, and the ref tells him to get back for a second, and then he just like forget this, and he throws the flag. And then I so think how what... is that enforced? That has to be a mistake. Then you can't I... have that as the penalty first, the first penalty, but enforce the other one second. And by the way, if it was enforced in the other way where it was Kingsbury's penalty, then Norman's penalty, they don't get the first down because it would have been fourth and like 28 and then fourth and 13 or whatever it was at that time. But instead they gave them the first down and then took them back 15 yards so that it was a first and 25 or 24 because it was half the distance of the goal. And so they went to the ninth. How? That has to be a mistake. And that's an inexcusable mistake by the referees. That's not one where uh, I just missed the penalty. That's flat out not enforcing the rules correctly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what uh, the expo. I don't remember. The, they did have Blake that's like the, to the, give the explanation, but you know, that's like the the flick on the nose. You know what I mean? Like, like right. So if, if you had older siblings, you're pinned down by your older sibling. You can't do anything. You, you're completely stuck. Everything's going terribly, and then he flicks you on the nose. That's what that refereeing decision was. Because at that point, the Niners were pinned down by their older sibling, and we're getting 
<laughs> Butts whooped. How about this from Arizona tackle DJ Humphreys on Josh Norman? Quote, I just saw him walking toward Cliff Kingsbury like a tough guy flexing his arms. So I wanted to nip it in the bud. I was looking for him after the game, but I couldn't find him. I had my helmet off. I wanted to give him an advantage. I mean, Josh Norman. Why you're acting like you're Josh Norman from like 10 years ago. Like, no, it was a problem 10 years ago, 10 years ago. He got criticism for being a knucklehead. He's still a knucklehead. The problem is he's not good anymore either. What a pathetic, pathetic display. Uh, Julian watching again on the Niners nation YouTube page. The Armstead sack roughing call was an even bigger BS call. There were some BS call, but like, again, we're always in a situation where we're like, oh, this ref made a bad call. It's like bad calls happen every single game. We have to be able to overcome this stuff. That's the problem is the 49ers have not been able to do that since 2019. Part of the reason is quarterback. Part of the reason is personnel. Part of the reason is play calling. It's everybody. It's everybody to blame. But before we go, I want to just mention that I think that this is it now. This season is dead. It is yeah. over. The 49ers are not going anywhere. They are not going to the, make a, not a good team. run. Just say it. They're not a good they, team. They aren't. They are not a good team. Good teams don't get spanked like this. Good teams win this game, first of all. But even if you don't win, you don't get your ass handed to you like this. The 49ers are just a bad team, and that's it. Yep. And when you factor in how many old players they have, there's going to be a lot of changes next year. You can't keep bringing them back. Are they? Like, I mean, I don't know what I the think changes they, are going to be. Somebody tweet. I said, I, I said at one point during the game that I feel like I, I'm starting to feel like we need a rebuild. And somebody in, told me that there's 30 free agents after this season, which I haven't looked yeah. that far in the future. If there's 30, well, there's a chance to freaking a rebuild. rebuild in year six. Yeah. Great. You're going to rebuild with Trey Lance, right? Like what? Wasn't the idea you bring Trey Lance in with this team that's already pretty good around him and that can help him? And now you're like, nope, turns out we actually have to strip the whole thing down to the studs. Well, I don't think it's going to be a strip down to the studs. You know, you're not moving Kittle or anything like that. But yeah, it's basically Kittle, Fred Warner, Nick Boza, Trent Williams, and Trey Lance. Outside of that, if they don't bring him back, I'm not torn up about it. Well, I guess Debo. Debo's probably moved into that category too, but you know what I mean? Like there's not that many players on this roster anymore that if they're not brought back or they're traded, that I'm going to be too hurt about because they're just not a good roster right now and they got to do something to change it. How about uh, this tweet from Akash Anavarathan? Kyle Shanahan said that the defense couldn't stop the run, which by the way is true. They got worked by James Conner and Akash says their 2020 first round pick Javon Kinlaw is on IR with ACL repair on reconstruction right. repair whatever free agent signing maurice hurst hasn't played this season zach kerr has been largely underwhelming personnel issues have hurt this defense yeah like again i said it earlier every single decision that they made personnel wise has been wrong and honestly they need to change something has to change if you want to get rid of lynch get rid of lynch but i agree with you you got to get rid of peter you got to get rid of everybody because it's John Lynch, right. I don't even like, think is making the actual draft pick. Everybody's always assumed that if John Lynch has ever moved, that Adam Peters is this great personnel guy and will be moved right up. Well, you know, at this point, I don't think you can say Adam Peters is that great because he is in charge of the scouting department. And the scouting department, it's one of two situations. And I tweeted this in the first half. It's one of two situations. Either the scouts have it right and Adam Peters knows his stuff 
but Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are going, I don't care what the scouts think. I'm going and getting Trey Sermon despite what the scouts think. Well, don't forget, there was that report. Or or it's the scouts don't know what the heck they're doing, and Kyle can't uh, overcome that. He can't go, well, you know, I scouted these players too, and I think you're wrong on that guy. You know what I mean? Like, Kyle's either overruling the scouts, which if that is what's going on, that's a really big problem and should have been fixed years ago because you can't have that. You can't have a scouting department fighting the head coaches. You can't you can't have that. You you got to be on the same page. How about this comment from Luis Fernando Aguilar Alonso? The front office screwed us royally this year. I totally agree. How about this comment from Mr. Irrelevant? 49er fans want to bench Trey Lynch for a season so he can be, quote, ready. Look at Jordan Love. He's been benched for one and a half years, and he made the Chiefs defense look like a top three. That's just it, man. Sitting a guy doesn't automatically guarantee he's going to be good. If it would, the 49ers would have the best damn quarterback in the league because Jimmy Garoppolo sat for years behind Tom Brady. So that's just it. Like I said, I've made the argument that a player is either going to be good or not. If a player loses their confidence because they were put in too soon and, and didn't have that great of a rookie year, then they didn't have the mental fortitude for the position to begin with. You know, Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions when he was a rookie. Did it affect him? No, because he was actually had the mental fortitude and and learned from his mistakes and became better. He he was a good quarterback. He had what it took. You either have what it takes or you don't. And if getting put in for half a season ruins you as a quarterback, then you weren't the guy to begin with. Jimmy Garoppolo after the game. Quote, we just got to execute. Yeah, dude, you do. The problem is you say that every week. You say it every week. So at some point, how about we change the people that are executing the plays? You know, you can't just, they're not going to change, right, Levin? Like next week, they're not just going to all of a sudden start executing. Like we're in the middle of the season now. This is who they are. You know who the wet blanket is? It's Jimmy Garoppolo because he never (laughs) says anything. He never says anything. He never says anything with any urgency. He never tries to like lead the team. He, he 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 doesn't take the like mental or the middle ground tries to be you know, what I do, where I, I try to eliminate my bias. He just goes, what is the most boring, cliche <laughs> thing I can possibly say so that I can get out of this interview? Well, where did he come up? I mean, came up in New England, right? That's right. that's that's smashed into you from the second you get to the right. position. I just, at least like Patrick Mahomes is struggling, right? But at least he comes in the press conference and he's like, hey, I got to be better. I've been bad. My footwork is messed up. I need to be better for us to win. At least he takes it on himself. I've never heard Jimmy Garoppolo say, I cost us this game. This one's on me. I didn't. Every ball Jimmy Garoppolo throws is high. Uh, Every single one. How many great catches? Like we talked about uh, Ayuk's day. He had six catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. How many of those did he have to jump up and catch the ball? Because almost every reception in this game was a jump. But unreal. Jimmy, Jimmy had a decent game. He just wasn't good enough for. Jimmy, he had a, he had decent, a decent game, game overall for Jimmy. Mm, he had a decent game by quarterback standards. He just wasn't a difference maker, and that's what they needed. Two touchdowns, one interception, 326 yards, five sacks. I think that the standard for quarterbacking has become so low in San Francisco that we view this as a decent game by Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, they scored 17 points. I, I, I got nothing I, left for today. I really I, I'm don't. Just, no, the, after this game, it's not a how can we fix it? You know, what is there left to do? This is one of those games where you just want to unplug. Like I said, I don't, I'm here talking the Niners, but 
if if somebody who knows I'm a Niners fan, whether at work or whatever, brings up the Niners this week, I'm gonna go. I can't deal with it. Like I don't want to talk about it. Just just leave me alone. You know, I was talking with Chris Carter one time about the um, name drop. Yep the the Falcons game where Gary Anderson misses the kick and the Vikings went on to lose and he won he told me and he said this publicly so it's not like a secret conversation that he had with me he said walking off that field I didn't know if I wanted to play football anymore and like after this loss it's like I don't even know if I want to talk about the 49ers anymore like I really right. don't this unfortunately was, for you uh, that is your job yeah uh, that's just it <laughs> it was 17 to 7 going into the half Levin and I yeah. was like hey you know like we could they get back in this yeah I and halfway through the third quarter, it was 31 to seven. I, I had the thought after they scored right before the half, I was like, you know, it's 17 to seven. If they make the right adjustments, yep, I might have to eat some of these tweets that I've thrown out there in the first half. Because <laughs> I was pretty critical in the first half, and I was thinking these might come back to be pretty bad takes if the Niners turn around and end up winning this game. And then literally like 10 minutes after halftime, I was like, oh, my God, it got so much worse. James freaking Connor yep. is destroying us. 21 carries, 96 yards, two touchdowns. The Cardinals ran for 163 yards on the day, 4.2 yards per carry, and that is dragged down by the Niners stopping them for short games at the, at the end. end of the game. Yeah. They were killing the 49ers on the ground. It was like first down, run, oh, they gained at least four yards, four or five yards every single time. And Colt McCoy was always in second and five, third and short. It was like, oh, James Connor got the ball? Oh, there's first down. Every time James Conner caught the ball, he got into the open field and made guys miss. Like, I, I really want to rewatch this game with the All-22 to see just how that happened. Because to me, it didn't seem like he was breaking that many tackles. It just mm. seemed like they were taking horrendous angles. You know, not, not to be a jerk, but Ad, Adrian Colbert was known for taking terrible angles. He had all that athleticism. And he kept taking horrible angles or <laughs> to various more taking bad angles. That's what it... It looked like to me because a lot of times it was guys just diving just to try to get a hand yeah. on the offensive player for the Arizona. And to me, that's angles when that happens. Greg Harris on the Niners Nation YouTube page. They made washed up James Conner look like a star. I totally agree with you. Peter Burge on the Niners Nation YouTube page making us aware of this comment. George Kittle says, we still have nine games left. Yep, Peter writes, nine games to disappoint us even more. Here's the thing, Peter. You can't disappoint me more. I was just thinking that, yeah. yeah I have as, already it's about reached, as low as possible. Yes, yeah. I am at my maximum disappointment level with this team. You can't dis, You can continue to disappoint me, but you cannot possibly disappoint me more. I was telling people that I thought the Niners could make a Super Bowl run this year. How stupid yeah. am I? How dumb am I? Don't answer boy, that. Boy, boy, am I glad I don't do a show with NFL people outside of Niners <laughs> fandom. <laughs> Eddie, uh, and again, I apologize. I'm terrible with go. names. Eddie Vi Viga, watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. All I know is if any one of us had as horrible of a display as consistently as Kyle Shanahan, we'd be fired or at least on the hot seat. You're not wrong, Eddie. You're not wrong at all. Oh, oh no, I don't like this question. Uh, this comment, Victor, watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page, can't get any lower. Don't say that, Victor. Please don't say that. You can have that I, second half for the entire game. I have said it, and I'll say it a million times. There is no bottom to losing. It can always get lower. It can absolutely Unless you're Detroit. Chris Maldonado, watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Can we give Levin his flowers? He's not the human wet blanket. He is the truth. Don't say nice things about, <laughs> you know, can we make this day worse? Now we're going to start complimenting Levin. 
Thanks, Chris. You're banned. You know what? Get off. Get, get your comment off the screen. That's it. Jeez. You can see Rob's true colors on this show. <laughs> I'm glad we have a live show so that people can see Rob for what he is and how mean he is to me. Joe, you know, he, he gets to edit the podcasts. So you guys don't know the truth. Oh, live shut show. up. <laughs> Joe Alverson, no matter how or what the outcome of the game is, it's always going to be bang, bang, Niner game. Let's go Niners, good or bad. Yeah, I'm not going to stop being a fan. That's why I'm mad. Hey, if it, I could stop being a fan and stop caring, it would be easy for me. The Niners don't have any fair weather fans because they would have left a decade ago. <laughs> like, it's if been I since could... 2003. My fat butt was in high school the last time the Niners were consistently good. Like, I, if I could just disengage like, and you not see care, all this gray hair, I was in high school. Okay. Like, <laughs> it's been a long time. It would be easy to just forget about the season. I can't because I love this team. No, just because you criticize a team doesn't mean you're going to stop being a fan. Okay. This is what I don't understand. Oh, okay. He's responding to somebody else. I apologize. Oh, Chris is back. Rob Hayton, LOL. But it's all love, Rob. I rock with you too, homie. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I- I just hey, uh, hey uh, what was it, Chris Maldonado? Can you mm-hmm. leave a review and say that exact thing you said the first time in Don't. the review? I would really appreciate it because then he has to read it on the podcast. <laughs> Please leave a rating and a review. That's true. If you leave us a rating or a review, good or bad, I read the bad ones too on the air. We always read it. I promise you. If you take the time to leave it, I promise you, we will take the time to read it. Levin, I don't know what else to say. 49ers again lose 31 17 to the Cardinals. They get absolutely whooped. They've lost eight straight games at home. I think they've lost 11 of their last 13 home games, something like that. And we got the Rams coming next week and they're going to absolutely beat the tar out of us. Here, here's what you can say. The countdown to free agency has begun. <laughs> <laughs> we got like nine games left. No, really, the countdown to seeing what Trey Lance is has begun. That's because it. If he's, if he's not playing, then Kyle Shanahan needs to go. He's not going to play him. He's not going to play him next week. He's not going to play him until they are mathematically eliminated Agreed. from the playoffs. I, I think you have, I think in his mind, he is doing that exact thing. Until they're mathematically eliminated from playoffs, he's not going to play him. And if Trey Lance gets three or four games at the end of the year, then that's what he'll get. Yep. He's not going to, cause he, in his mind, he's still going to think that they, if they could just put it together. I, I just can't imagine being somebody that for two straight years, you do everything you can to replace somebody. Mm-hmm. And then you get into a season and you go, that's my guy. Yep. I'm not going to bench him no matter what, until no we're eliminated. What? Like, I, I don't, I don't get that. You know, it's just i can't can't make sense of it you have literally been trying to get rid of jimmy garoppolo for two years and you have not hidden that fact that has (laughs) been a well-known fact nationally by everybody that kyle shanahan is not with jimmy long term he wants him gone he has looked for upgrades left and right for two years and yet he gets into this season and he's got jimmy's back no matter what he will not put trey lance in it i just don't get it and I've said it before, like he's not a hot pocket. There's no period of time you're going to sit him. And then all of a sudden, after that period of time, he's going to be ready. Like, that's not how it works. He's not the turkey in the oven, so to speak, with right. Thanksgiving around the corner. You're sitting there waiting for the thing to pop. That's not how it works. You think Elijah Mitchell was ready when he had to go in there to start yeah. the season because all the running backs were hurt? No, 
Like that's just Mike McGlinchey was starting his first frigging game out there. Like there, you can't just wait for circumstances to be perfect again with this 49ers team. That's not how it works. And yet they are content. They are doing this to themselves to just roll Jimmy G right back on out there. You know what? You get what you deserve. And what the 49ers deserve is exactly what they are, which is three and five, oh, and four at home and just a bad bad football team that home record man we already talked about it but it, it's embarrassing it's inexcusable like i said jed york should be coming forward this week and apologizing because nfl games are crazy expensive and to be putting that product on the field here, here's what really i, I, I forgot about this to now i meant to mention it when they talked about it on on the show did you hear what the announcer said and I actually think it was Juice that they said said I, I plan on rewatching to know before our Juice interview on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But they said that after that rain fest, they had to go on the road to get back on page and fix their issues. Excuse me? You had to go <laughs> on the road to do that? And then you come out and lay this tinker? There's a really big problem with this team playing at home, and I don't know what it is. But whatever their routine is for these home games, change it the f*** up. Oh, all right. I think it's about time for us to I made, I made it an hour without cussing, Rob. Come on. I get one. Uh, again, if you haven't done so already, rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We will be here with you no matter how bad it gets. We will be here with you to chronicle the disaster that is the San Francisco 49ers in 2021. And let's face it, basically under Kyle Shanahan. Levin, thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, for all your comments. We really, really do appreciate them. Stick with us. We will highlight the good, bad, and the ugly. We're going to have an interview with Kyle Juszczyk this week. It'll probably go up on Thursday. We're going to talk to him a little earlier in the week, uh, assuming he doesn't cancel it, which, trust me, if he cancels it, we'll let you know. But uh, if you have any questions you want us to ask Kyle Juszczyk, you can hit Levin up on Twitter, at LTBlackNiners. I am on Twitter, at StatsOnFire, or hit us up for any other reason, except for tomorrow, maybe. We're always down to talk Niners. Enjoy your night, everybody. Go have a drink. Yes, I think we've all (laughs) earned one, sadly. Good night, everybody.